This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Rabbi Shrahli Sadri wa Yassirli Amri wa Hlul Uqtatan min Lisani yafqahu qawli wallahumma thabitna inda al-mawti bila ilaha illa Allah wallahumma ja'alna min al-lazina amanu wa amilu salihat wa tawasaw bil-haqqi wa tawasaw bil-sabr ameen ya Rabbil Alameen. My intention over the course of the next few khutbahs is to try to unpack some of the lessons inside a short number of ayat that belong to Surah Al-Ahzab. Uh, surah Al-Ahzab is the 33rd surah of the Qur'an, uh, one of the most difficult surahs to study of the Qur'an. And these ayat are going to be 69, 70, and 71, maybe even 72, so 69 to 72. Uh, and the center of these ayat is what I'm going to start with today and really just get introduced to some of these lessons which I feel are very important and shouldn't just be covered in the course of one khutbah but actually dealt with a little bit at a time so we get time to process and internalize some of these teachings. I remind myself and I remind all of you the Qur'an is not just information. The Qur'an is actually something that is supposed to plant itself inside our hearts. So it's lessons and it's teachings just like a plant has to, a seed has to go in the soil then it needs water, it needs sun, it needs nourishment to be able to grow, the soil needs to be right for it to take life. So it's not just information you and I hear or you and I read and we move along. We have to take time to ponder it, internalize it, and really think about how that's going to take root in our hearts and how it's going to change our thinking, our emotions, our behavior even. And that's really why it's, one should take the time. Allah Himself says, the complaint Allah makes is, don't they then ponder deeply on the Qur'an, or are there, the, the hearts have their own locks placed on them? Meaning pondering over the Qur'an, taking the time to think about the Qur'an, and how it applies to you and me, that's part of what unlocks our hearts. And if we just keep passing by the ayat of the Qur'an, oh, I know this already, I know this, this information, I've heard this subject before, I've heard this ayah before, or I know this word before, or I've heard this, read this tafsir before, etc. And we just think of the Qur'an as information, then it's the other way. It's actually people who pass by the ayat, لَمْ يَخِرُّوا عَلَيْهَا سُمَّا وَعُمْيَانًا Qur'an complains people who pass by the ayat blind and deaf. Meaning they heard it, but they haven't heard it. They, they listen to it, but they don't really listen to it. You know, Allah will say, for example, لَهُمْ آذَانٌ لَا يَسْمَعُونَ بِهَا They have ears, but they don't listen with them. لَهُمْ قُلُوبٌ لَا يَفْقَهُونَ بِهَا They have hearts, they don't think with them. They don't ponder with them. So it's really the Qur'an's demand is to take something to heart. It's not just to understand something or to analyze something, it's really to take it to heart. And I pray that Allah gives all of us the ability to do that, to take the words of Allah to heart. So in any case, the ayah that I want to start with today is يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا اتَّقُوا اللَّهَ وَقُولُوا قَوْلًا سَدِيدًا Those of you who have faith, Allah addresses us and says, اتَّقُوا اللَّهَ Be cautious and aware of Allah and protect yourselves from making Allah unhappy with you. That these are some of the meanings of the word taqwa. So be cautious, aware of Allah and protect yourselves from making Allah displeased. And then he says, وَقُولُوا قَوْلًا سَدِيدًا And a very simple translation of that would be, and say upright speech, talk in a straightforward manner. That would be a very easy translation of that. So let's start with that. You know in the Qur'an Allah will tell us commandments and a lot of times He will tell us commandments, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا Those of you who believe, and then He'll say, you know, لَا تَقُولُوا رَعِنَا وَقُولُوا انظُرْنَا Or He'll say some command or the other, those of you who believe do this, those of you who believe don't do this. That's a common occurrence in the Qur'an. 
And here the, the, the commandment is to speak in a good way, speak in a straightforward way. But before Allah told us to speak in a straightforward way, He added another commandment. And that was, Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu, ittaqullah wa kulu. Ittaqullah wa kulu qawlan sadida. He didn't just say, Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu, kulu qawlan sadida. He didn't say it like that. And other places in the Quran, you will find, kunu qawabin, shuhada bil qist. Those of you who believe, stand up for justice. He doesn't say, Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu, ittaqullah wa kunu qawamin. He doesn't add the ittaqullah. What does that tell us? It actually tells us that this commandment has to do with the heart before it has to do with the tongue. Because when we speak, that's our tongue. But when someone has taqwa of Allah, where is that? It's in the heart. So a consciousness of Allah and an awareness of Allah, if that's missing, then this commandment will be impossible to follow. It's impossible for us to live by what Allah is saying in this ayah unless taqwa is there first. You see? So there are some commandments that we can fulfill even if taqwa isn't there, even if it's fully not there, you can still obey Allah. Like Allah even says, in People who didn't feel faith in their hearts yet, Allah said, if you still obey Allah and the Messenger, Allah won't waste your deeds. Like for, for example, we pray five times a day. And when we pray, sometimes our heart is in the prayer, sometimes our mind is somewhere else. But that doesn't mean that when you prayed and your mind was somewhere else, that your prayer didn't count. You still obey Allah. You still obey the Messenger وسلم, and Allah says He will not let those deeds go to waste. So even if fully conscious awareness wasn't there, and it should be, but even if it wasn't there, that's okay. That's okay, you still do what you're supposed to do. You see? But in this commandment, to speak upright, it is as though Allah made it a constant prerequisite, you have to have taqwa of Allah first. You have to have fear and consciousness of Allah first. What that also tells us is that a lot of times when we speak, we think about who we're talking to. It's only natural. As I'm speaking to you right now, I know there are people at very different levels in the audience. People come into Jumu'ah, some of them know more than I do, way more than I do. Some of them, this is the first time in the masjid, I don't know. Some of them are not even Muslim, it's possible. They're sitting here, that's, I don't know. Some of them are visiting. So there are people at all different kinds of levels. So I have to choose words and I have to try to speak in a way that everybody can understand. But if I was speaking to Arabic students, or if I was speaking to people that I know have been studying Qur'an or studying for many years, and I was only talking to that group, the way I would speak would be different. It wouldn't be the same. If I was talking to a bunch of five-year-olds, the language I would use would be different because that's a different kind of audience. So it's only natural that when you and I speak, if we're speaking to our parents, our children, our friends, depends who we're talking to, the, our tone changes, the words we use changes, it, it happens. You have to take into consideration who your audience is. But, but... If you're talking to someone and you decide you're going to twist what you're going to say in order to manipulate them, in order to take advantage of them, or because you want them to think something about you that, or about something that isn't true. So you want to change your words carefully to try to alter their thoughts, to alter their opinions. That is actually the opposite of qawlan sadid. It's not straightforward speech, it's not direct speech, it's manipulative speech. It's not clear speech. And so this khutbah is actually dedicated to, you know, the, the, the axiom in Arabic is تُعْرَفُ الْأَشْيَاءُ بِأَفْدَادِهَا Things are known, and in English they say by opposites things are known, right? So we're not actually going to talk about straightforward speech in this khutbah. We're going to talk about the opposite of that. What does it mean to not have straightforward speech? And what does that have to do with the taqwa of Allah? When someone is afraid of Allah, truly afraid of Allah, 
then they will speak straightforward. Now the thing, the, the way to analyze that or, or the analogy that will help you and me understand that is, you know, if your parents, like when you were kids, and some of you even now, your parents catch you, hey, did you do that? No. Uh, no. No, no, I didn't. I didn't. It was, it was him. It was someone else. I didn't do it, even though you know you did it. But in your head, it's like, if my parents find out that I've done it, I'm going to be in big trouble. So your first impulse might be to lie. First impulse might be, no, I didn't do anything. Because you, that's what you want them to hear. Because you're not going to get in more trouble. But if your parents say, hey, by the way, you know that camera I installed? I want to show you this video. And then they show you that they already know what you did. They have the video and the audio. And they play it. And then they say, you want to tell me what happened? Now you don't, you're not going to say, I didn't do it. Now you're going to be, now you'll be afraid to lie. Because now if you lie, you get even far more trouble. Now it's time to confess openly and to be straightforward. The fact that we are aware of Allah's presence, the one who knows what we really have been doing, the one who knows everything about us, what's going on on the outside and what's going on on the inside, is always a shahid, he's always a witness to what we're saying. And he is witness as we speak. And he's watching our words. And when you are aware of that, then the way you speak is going to change. Because the authority that knows everything is watching, and so you're aware, and if you're not aware of that, of course Allah is always there, but He's not always there in our heart. And He's not always there in our mind. So he can, we can make Him absent and pretend that He's not watching, or pretend that He's not listening, or forget or neglect that, and then we'll be able to twist speech. We'll be able to use words that are not clear. That'll become easier. So Allah said, Taqwa of Allah first. Ya yuhalladhina amanu taqullah wa qulu qawlan sadida. That's why taqwa is there first, an awareness and a fear of Allah. And what also that tells us is a lot of times we speak because we are afraid to say what the other might hear and they might become upset with us or we might get into trouble. So the fear of Allah becomes less and the fear of Allah's creation becomes more. And that affects our speech. And Allah is telling us very clearly, your fear and your consciousness and your desire to protect yourself, first and foremost, should be from Allah. And once you are safe with Allah, Allah will keep you safe. Allah will make you safe. No creation of Allah can harm you when you're afraid of Allah. But when you're not afraid of Allah and you're afraid of creation, you've lost Allah's protection. You actually lost Allah's protection. So first, protect yourself from making Allah upset and also by doing so, get Allah's security in your favor. Now speak to someone. Now speak and, and, and say your words. You see? You know, I'm, again, I always give the same analogies because I'm so inspired by it. Musa alayhi salam. But when he had to go speak to Fir'aun, think about that. When you get a chance to speak to a president, when you get a chance to speak to a you know, position in authority, somebody in authority, first they give you an orientation. You know, when you speak to the, when you get to meet the king or you get to meet the president, you have to walk in a certain way. You have to do this protocol. You have to do that protocol. One time I was invited to meet the president, not this president, alhamdulillah, the last president. I was invited to meet him and they gave us a protocol that, like when I went to the White House here, your cell phones are going to get taken away when he walks in this is how you greet him you call him Mr. President you do this you do that you, the other like it was this entire sort of orientation on how you meet him when I went to meet the Sultan of Perlis it was the same thing when you go this is how you greet him you don't just shake your hand and say hey what's up king what's going on you don't do that you got to have you know sort of a protocol and this, these are the things you say these are the things you don't say you're supposed to be mindful and you know people when they meet someone like that they say oh it's such an honor to meet you what a great opportunity can I have a picture with you etc etc you know that sort of thing but when you're going to speak to someone in a position of authority and you're afraid of Allah more than them more than them 
then you're not going to hide behind formalities and hide from saying something that might upset them. You have an opportunity to speak the truth, you'll speak the truth. Because the fear of Allah overrides it. Like Musa salam didn't walk into Fir'aun, the most powerful king in history. He didn't walk into his court and say, Oh, king, great king, what an honor, thank you for seeing me, what an opportunity. You know, and I apologize, I've been away for so long, and you know, is my room still there? None, none of that stuff. He just walked in, inna rasulu rabbil alameen, and arsil ma'ana bani Israel. We're messengers, we're here on behalf of Allah, you better let the Israelites go. It was straightforward, there's no formalities. And that teaches us fearlessness. If Musa salam, Allah is teaching us through that, you don't have to be afraid of someone you have to talk to. You have to let that go. You only have to be afraid of Allah and say what needs to be said. That doesn't mean that you hear this khutbah and you go home and say, you know what, I'm no longer afraid. I'm going to let my wife know what's up today. You know? <laughs> That's not what I mean. It doesn't mean you take your gloves off and you're ready to you know, fight. That's not what this is. The way you speak still needs to be kind. The way you speak still needs to be respectful. The way you speak still needs to be merciful. But the words you say need to be clear. Sometimes to not hurt someone's feelings, we don't use clear words. Sometimes we hide the truth because we don't want to, be, we don't want to make things worse. But actually we are making things worse because we're not clear. So, قُولُوا قَوْلًا سَدِيدًا Now let's talk about these few ways in which speech can be twisted. Speech can be turned. And I was actually reading something uh, a psychological uh, model, and I'll cite it. It's called the Satir model, S-A-T-I-R, for those of you that are interested. It was developed by a lady named Virginia Satir. I was reading something about that recently. And I, I found it fascinating. She developed this model of how people don't speak straight. Literally, why they don't have qawlan sadida. Right? And she developed these, this, this idea that people hide their true intentions and what they really feel, they hide them behind four different kinds of walls. So they put up four kinds of poses or four kinds of shells, which means what you have inside is not really what you have outside, what you really say outside. And she identified four of those, and I thought that was very beneficial in understanding this ayah also, because it's in line with what Allah has to say. And so the first of those poses that she talks about is placating. In other words, telling someone what you think they want to hear. If you think they want, you know, so you do something wrong, and they say, hey, why'd you do that wrong? And you start saying, sorry, 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 I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. I'm so... Even if you're sorry or not, in your head, you know they want to hear sorry, so you keep saying it. Even if you're not really sorry, you understand? Or you, you want them to feel a certain way, so you'll say what needs to be said, just to please the other. But that's not really how you are inside. Or when somebody's telling you something that really hurts your feelings, or somebody's saying something wrong, and they say, they say to you, hey, what's wrong? You want to say something? You disagree? You, you look like you, your face looks like you disagree. Do you disagree? And in your head you start doing a calculation. If I say I disagree, this is going to be an argument. And then they're going to question me. And they're not going to like me anymore. And I'm not getting invited next time. So I'm just going to say, no, 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 I'm fine. In your head, you have a complete response. But outside, you pretend that you're fine. Because that's what you think they want to hear. That's placating. This is getting away from qawlan sadid. You can speak your mind. You can say what's really on your mind with fearing no one but Allah and you can say it in a merciful way and not have to please others. The Arab says, pleasing people is a canyon, you will never find its bottom. You can never get to this goal of pleasing people. People, people you think you're making them happy, let me tell you, they'll even be more unhappy with you. And you'll do even more backwards flipping to try to make them happy and they'll still be unhappy with you. Might as well be honest with yourself. Might as well what you have inside should be what, you, what comes out outside. So that's the first 
kind of you know, mistake we made in, in making getting away from qawl and sadeed. The second is blaming. In other words, if I've done something wrong, then I've done something wrong. And, but, but you know, human beings, human beings have a good view of themselves, but we love making excuses. So when somebody points out, I did something wrong, we say, oh yeah, well, what about what you did? Oh, you think what you, oh, you're a saint? You, you're so good? Let me tell you what you've done, this, 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 this. Who are you to tell me what I did wrong? In other words, instead of acknowledging what I've done wrong, I shift the blame to someone else. And this, there's, this is a delicate subject, so let's, let's think about this carefully. It may be that both of you have done something wrong. The person you're arguing with did something wrong, and you did something wrong. What you did wrong, you have to admit, you have to accept. You can't just say, well, since you did that, what I did is okay. Or we're not going to talk about what I did, because I'd rather talk about what you did. No, 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 let's just admit, I made a mistake, I was wrong, and here's why I was wrong. But what my mistake doesn't erase yours. And your mistake doesn't erase mine. We can't shift blame. We can't shift blame. We have to acknowledge what's wrong is wrong. And part of qawl and sadeed is you admit what you did wrong, but you also don't hide, you don't hide away from, you know what? Yes, you're right, I'm entirely wrong, so everything wrong that you've done is okay, because you know, let them walk all over you, because that's, again, placating. You're telling them what they want to hear. You're not being honest with yourself. In your head, you're giving them really bad answers, but not on your tongue. In your head, you're like, oh. And they're like, what? No, nothing, I was just doing tasbih. You know, like... <laughs> So the idea of blaming, first of all, means you don't take responsibility for yourself. You don't acknowledge your own mistake, and you just shift it to somebody else. But, you know, there are people who never want to take responsibility. They'll never want to take responsibility. So even if you take responsibility for your end, they'll never want to accept responsibility for theirs. They just won't. They'll just say, oh yeah, even though you accept what you did wrong, doesn't, doesn't really mean you accept it. Doesn't mean, really mean you're sincere. And so now they're looking inside your heart and telling you whether you're sincere or not. You're not there to please people. You're not there to convince anyone. You are only there to, to make sure Allah, the taqwa of Allah, which is what this speech started with, that taqwa of Allah makes it known that to Allah knows that you're sincere in what you're saying. Allah knows that you're honest about what you're saying. Allah knows that when you said that you have, you've made a mistake, you've actually acknowledged that you made a mistake. Allah knows that when you said you've changed your ways, that you actually mean you've changed your ways. Allah needs to know that. Nobody else needs to be convinced. You cannot convince humanity. You can't convince anyone else. Musa salam was one of the most noble messengers of Allah. The ayah before this one is about Musa salam, And Allah says, فَبَرَّأَهُ اللَّهُ مِمَّا قَالُوا وَكَانَ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ وَجِيهَا Previous ayah. They caused Musa pain. Don't be like people who caused Musa pain. And Allah proved him innocent against all the things that they've said about him. You know who said things about him? Not just the pharaohs. The pharaohs weren't the ones making lies about Musa salam only. Banu Israel made many lies about him. His own people made so many lies about him. And they're still there in, the, in their, their version of Torah, in their, in their writings of Musa salam. There are many lies against Musa salam. And Allah says, Allah proved him true. Allah proved him innocent. And he was always honored with Allah. In other words, people might not give you dignity. The person you're talking to might not show you respect. But that doesn't matter. Allah has given you respect. Because you spoke straight. That should be enough for you. Don't look for respect from people. The moment you start looking for it from people, that's when you're starting to lose it from Allah Himself. When it is with Allah, 
then the people who need to respect you will respect you. And let me tell you, there are some people in your life, they will always be there, who no matter what you do, no matter what good you do, no matter what right thing you do, they will never have respect for you. And you'll never prove yourself to them. And you have to accept them, that's okay. That's okay. You're not there to please humanity, you're not there to prove yourself to humanity. So long as Allah is pleased, it's good enough for you. So, وَكَانَ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ وَجِيهَا in the previous ayah. So this, the second was blaming. And the third is rationalizing. In other words, yes, yeah, I, I did this wrong, but here are my log here's my logical explanation for why I did it. You know like Iblis? Yeah, sure, I didn't do sajda, but here's my logical explanation. There's a reason I didn't do it. There may be reasons, you might have reasons, but at the end of the day, a mistake is a mistake. Those reasons may have contributed, but you can't just say these reasons are the only factor that led me to make a mistake. I, at the end, engage in a sin. You, at the end, engage in a sin. We do something wrong. We can't just say it was the weather, or it was the Trump administration, or it was poli our life in America is so hard. What do you want me to do? Or, you know, it's, it's social media it got to me. Or <laughs> you can't hide behind things. You can say they had a, they had a role to play, you can say shaitan used those things, sure you can say that. But at the end of the day, you and I have to take responsibility and not rationalize or justify. You know, blaming the other is one kind of cover that we put up and coming up with logical explanations. And some of us are very much better at coming up with reasons than others. Some of us speak a lot better than others. Some of us are more, more logical than others. And you know what happens when you become more logical? You're much better at you know, explaining yourself away from anything that you do. You can justify anything that you do because you can come up with an explanation. You can justify it. And that's another kind of an escape from qawlun sadeed that people come up with. And finally, of course, there's deflecting. And deflecting means that when we are confronted, this is what the Qur'an calls al-i'rab. And he speaks about al-mu'ridin, people who deflect or walk away. In other words, when you're confronted with the truth, and when you're supposed to be speaking the truth, your way of dealing with it is not dealing with it. You know what? I'm not having this conversation. And you walk away. Or somebody tells you, wants to speak to you about something very serious that you should be speaking upright about, and you say, you know what? I'd rather not talk about it. Or just stare at them without saying anything. I asked you a question, you're just staring at them. And now they start wondering, okay, I guess I'm not going to get an answer. Or you just keep pretending you didn't hear anything. This is the arab, right? This is the idea of just ignoring the facts, ignoring the truth, and avoiding clear communication, clear speech. These are the things that we do that take us away from qawlun sadeed. Now, the ayah began, Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu taqullaha wa qulu qawlan sadeedah. Listen to the words of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. مَنْ رَآ مِنْكُمْ مُنْكَرًا فَلْيُغَيِّرْهُ بِيَدِهِ فَمَنْ لَمْ يَسْتَطِعْ فَبِلِسَانِهِ مَنْ لَمْ يَسْتَطِعْ فَبِقَلْبِهِ وَذَلِكَ أَضْعَفُ الْإِيمَانِ Famous hadith of the Prophet ﷺ If you see an evil, change it with your hand And if you can't, at least with your tongue At least with your tongue And if you can't do that, at least feel bad in your heart At least feel bad where? In your heart Now what is this ayah telling us? This ayah is telling us if the heart was in the right place if the heart in most circumstances was in the right place, taqwa of Allah was there, then the speech would just come naturally. It would just come out. Our lives are not under threat. Our lives are not in danger. And so speaking the truth does not put us in danger. Saying the right thing doesn't put us in danger. You know? Now this, all, all of what I just shared with you is about interpersonal communication. Communication within the family, communication within a business, communication within friends, 
You know, conflicts happen with business partners, conflicts happen within co-workers, conflicts happen within family members, etc., etc. But this is not a conversation about humiliating people publicly. That's something else entirely. You know, people sometimes take the ayat of the Qur'an, ayat of Allah, and they misuse them and say, well, Allah says, speak upright, so let me tell you, this, my best friend told me this secret, I'm going to put it on Facebook. Because Allah says, قُولُوا قَوْلًا sadida." So I've decided to post it on social media and humiliate my friend because Allah says you have to speak the truth. No, what you've just done there is a violation of something else the Prophet ﷺ warned us about. مَنْ سَتَرَ مُؤْمِنًا سَتَرَهُ اللَّهِ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ And the opposite is also true. Whoever covers the faults of a believer, Allah will cover them on Judgment Day. What is the opposite of that? Whoever uncovers the fault of a believer, Allah will uncover them on Judgment Day. That's the scary part. Yeah? So sometimes people in the name of good, in the name of what Allah speaks about in a certain context, put it in a different context altogether and use it to humiliate. Our Prophet ﷺ warned us, لا تؤذوا المسلمين ولا تتتبعوا عوراتهم Don't cause Muslims pain. Don't expose their private lives. Don't, get a, don't go behind their private lives. This is the Prophet's own word, sallallahu Whoever becomes obsessed with another Muslim's private life, Allah will become obsessed with theirs. And whoever Allah goes after, He will humiliate them openly, even if they're hiding deep inside their home. Don't look to humiliate someone else. This qawlan sadid is not about embarrassing anybody. The qawlan sadid that we're talking about is not about humiliating or degrading somebody. It's about speaking upright for yourself and to have clear, open conversations. This is why you find the examples. Allah didn't just give us theory. He gave us examples. He taught us how this works. So when, for example, the, 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 the most vile human being that the Qur'an describes in history is Fir'aun. I mean, the guy claims to be God, he kills babies, I mean, you can't, he has entire nations turned into slaves. I mean, the list of crimes against God and against humanity are endless with this, with this character. No wonder he keeps like, coming up over and over again. I often say to my students, shaitan would want his autograph. You did a good, better job than me. That's, that's Fir'aun. And when Allah told Musa salam to speak to him, Musa does not humiliate him. Musa salam does not humiliate him. He does not insult him. He does not put him down. He does not call him a criminal, or does not call him you know, you know, a, a degenerate. He doesn't call him, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to embarrass you. He went to, the, he went to the court and spoke to him directly. He went to the court and spoke to him directly. And when he went outside, when Musa went outside, he didn't go around and tell people, you know what happened inside? I got him good. No, he just preached the message of Allah. He, he, he promoted the message of Allah. Why? Because our deen is not about embarrassing someone. Even Fir'aun. Our deen is not about humiliating someone. Even Abu Lahab. Even some, Allah revealed the surah against Abu Lahab. The Rasulullah didn't say a word. Not a word. How many enemies of the Prophet that have not been named by Allah? Not been named. Who did so many crimes? Why not? Because that is not why our deen came. Our deen did not come to humiliate people, yet at the same time we have to be clear and open in our speech. We have to say words that are meaningful and rightful. So I, today I've talked about the opposite, what isn't direct and clear speech. In the next khutbah we're actually going to explore the meanings of the word qawlan sadid. What does it mean? Then when Allah says qawlan sadid, okay, here's what it's not, but what is it? Then what is it? 
And so we're going to look at that and actually explore the meanings of this word and how Allah Azza wa talks about that in the Quran. Barakallahu li wa lakum fil kitab al-hakim wa nafa'ani wa iyyakum bil ayati wa dhikr al-hakim.